Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. everybody and thanks so much for joining us here on expanded perspectives with me cam hale and as always i can't do this alone i have to have more than a lot of help i have to have an enormous amount of help so i reach out to the man himself cal Fields. how's it going everybody yes i'm here in studio uh, a cooler skeleton studios Word. we finally got a break in the weather Word. Had some thunderstorms around here and it really cooled everything down now when i say cool i mean it's still like 88 degrees but do not take it all day. I'm taking it. Now, we do need a lot more rain. Yeah. It is dry around here, folks. Lots of uh, grass fires and things like that. All and, over. Uh, we need oh. some of the rain that went, went out to the east. Y'all, we need to get that back this way. Yeah. But I'm feeling pretty good, except for my ego. My ego's a little bruised, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. Here we go. We were at the house the other day, and we were talking about some I don't remember. And then Caleb said something about he can run faster than I can. And I said, oh, you think you can, huh? I don't think you can run faster than me. I know I can run faster than you. So he was like, let's do it. So we got the whole family out there. We lined up and it was like, uh, I don't know, probably like 60 yards. And he beat me. I had no clue that he could beat me. So um, my oldest have finally gotten to an age where they're faster than me not that i'm a speed demon now they can outrun you so now they can talk all the smack they want man i (laughs) i didn't think that he could run that fast because he doesn't ever do that i'm sitting here shocked because i haven't seen him run like in years yeah (laughs) see like jacob played baseball and stuff caleb never did any of that i mean he did when he was real young but like you're just like you're saying i haven't seen him run since he was about Nine, And he's so big, they don't run away from anything either. So, yeah, well, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Not only did I bruise my ego, but man, my hamstrings have been kind of sore. <laughs> and I just had a birthday recently. So thank you for everybody who sent me birthday wishes. Uh, but what did you say? 46 is the new 44? Yeah, 46 is the new 45, bro. You're good. <laughs> but yeah, no, the kids started school. So it's finally quiet during the day at uh, Casa Filson. So that has been nice uh, because in the, er, before this, earlier in the morning, I had to head out to go to my office because I can't work from home Yeah, because it's impossible. The kids coming in and out asking questions. <laughs> it's my turn on the PlayStation and, you know, whatever. But now it's uh, it's a lot better. But, you know, just like when you start back at school, it's kind of rough on everybody in the family. We're, we're, you're trying to get used to yeah. getting back into the rhythm. Same thing like when you come back from vacation. First couple of days at work, it's always hard. And uh, I just had a vacation. I don't know if you saw some of the pictures that people posted. I didn't post any, but people that were with me, I, I caught a shark again. Yeah. Didn't yeah, try to yeah. remove the hook. I've some, So many people sent me the videos. 
<laughs> don't try to pull the hook out with your thing uh, with your hand or you get your what is it what did the guy lose his pinky his pinky yeah no way man but it was fun it was a good end of summer a good way to end it we had some good fishing good times and uh, I suggest anybody out there who has the ability to uh, if you haven't already do some surf fishing do some fishing out in the salt water. It's it's a lot better than lakes and, and streams and stuff. Very very. Just fun get time. outdoors, everybody, yeah. right now. Just get outside. Even if you've never done it, even if you've hated it, experience it. Even if it's a park, go out and embrace the outdoors. Get away from the electronics. Get I agree. away from all this stuff, man, and get outside. Look, we're only all going to get, it's listening to my voice, we only all get one shot at this. Yeah. Okay. You can't remember it. By the time you're our age, if you did it twice, you wouldn't remember it. So get out and make me, this one fun. Let me ask you, though. When you yeah. do get out in the outdoors, don't you feel like a huge weight's lifted off you? Like just just with the circadian rhythm, like oh, yeah. going to bed when the sun goes down, getting up when the sun comes up. Like you just feel better. When it, you, well, yeah, because you're... It's almost like that's it's, it's like you're back in the flow of life. Right? All this artificial light, light around mm-hmm. us all the time, it can't be good. No, it can't be good. But you know where you would like to have artificial light? Where's that? Galloway Township, New Jersey. You know why? Why? Because there was a black crawler humanoid observed there. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no. I definitely want uh, the light on the end of my Glock. You Boy, you are not lying about that. Okay, so listen to this, folks. It says, I lived... In Galloway Township, New Jersey, I know about the New Jersey Devil, the Pine Barrens, and that sort of stuff. Also, I'm not really a believer, but I'm not a total skeptic either. I'm sure it's possible for monsters and ghosts to exist, but without having much experience, I don't know. But anyway, one night in 2015, I was home alone. I was 16 years old, and my parents worked pretty late and didn't get home until 3 or 4 in the morning. And I was used to this. No siblings, just a dog and five cats, so I had the house to myself. I'm laying on the couch watching TV, and I notice something out of the corner of my eye. Another pair of eyes looking at me through the sliding door glass. At first, I just assumed it was an animal or something. We get possums a lot at night, so I didn't think much about it. Well, five minutes go by, and I hear this weird clawing at the door. Now, my living room was fairly large, and the TV is in front of me. Then a couple feet away, in this dining room table, and another sliding glass door that leads to my back porch and yard. The thing was on the porch. So I get up to investigate, first by flicking the light switch on, and immediately it scrambled off the porch. It seemed to be scared of the light, so I turned it back off, and I grabbed a flashlight. It wasn't there, so I continued to assume an animal and went back to the couch. An hour goes by, and I hear this loud shriek coming from the yard. Now this time, getting scared, I jump up and ran with the flashlight. I dimmed it down by taking my index finger and middle finger and kind of coiled it around the light, still making it visible but not as bright. And I shone it around the yard, and the thing was still there. But this time it was eating something, and it looked to be... Small, like a rabbit. Now, where I live, there's tons of coyotes, so maybe one had strayed. But again, that shriek was awful, and not something I've heard come from a coyote's mouth. This thing was human, or close to it anyway. The skin was black and kind of wrinkled. It had long limbs and seemed to be in a crouch position most of the time. But it was extremely fast. 
I got scared and shone the light at it directly, and it again screamed and dashed off into the woods. Well, I stayed up until my parents came home, but I didn't tell them yet, just in case it was just something silly. I went to bed, and for the rest of the night, nothing about it came up. Now, I had no idea what this thing was, so any advice would be greatly appreciated. Now, I'm an animal lover, so I don't want my cats or my dogs outside one day and then getting eaten by whatever this thing was. Thanks, A. Wow. Yeah. I mean, when they first started the description, I thought, could it be a black bear? Because New Jersey has some of the most dense amount of black bears in the entire country. And they could have mange. We've seen them what they look like without mange, so you could see the black leathery skin. But I don't know that they would shriek. You know, like when you shine a light on them. Like maybe throw some donuts out there or something like that. Now, the shrieking sound that they heard before seeing the creature eat the rabbit could have easily been the rabbit. Yes. Because if y'all haven't heard rabbit distress distress sounds like you use for predator hunting, you can look it up and Google it and listen to that. That's pretty well. It's not what you would think a rabbit sounds like. No, it's not at all. If you haven't heard it, it is... It can be a little off-putting at first when you first. I will tell you this: hunting predators at night when mm-hmm. you're calling them in total darkness, it'll it'll give you chill bumps when you just sit there in the darkness listening to that, thinking about what's around you that can see that you can't. Yeah, that's you the know? worst part, so, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what the hell this thing was. It says black crawler. It could have been a dog man. It could have been like a a mangy. Dog man, like, I don't know what, it makes no sense, right? Could have been the Jersey Devil. Could have been the Jersey Devil. So anyway, I want to toss that in out there for that's, you. That's quite terrifying and pretty cool at the same time. Thanks, Lon. Speaking of cool, uh, we got a listener that wrote in a, a pretty cool story they wish to remain Was anonymous. Is it about me? Because I'm pretty cool. No, it's not about you. Well, it says, shucks. hi, I'm a UK photographer. Hey. And I have a face story I wanted to share with you. In 2019, I was working with the RNLI in St. Ives, Cornwall, basically the UK equivalent to the USCG. It was about 4 p.m. on a summer afternoon, and a lifeboat was called out to respond to some idiots playing on the rocks at a nearby beach that got stuck. Now, this is a pretty common thing. As the boat went out, I took my camera on top of the cliffs, looking down at the bay, hoping I could get a decent shot of the boat when it was returning. I set everything up. I got my tripod out. I got everything set, my camera settings, everything, and waited. I was given a radio also, so I could listen in and know when they would be returning. But a few minutes later, something came in which truly froze my soul. One of the young men who was playing on the rocks and was stranded there, unfortunately, drowned in the incident. My heart just sank when they said that on the radio, and they were returning the body out of respect. Out of respect, I mean, I decided not to take a photo, and I would keep a respectful distance from the lifeboat station to give the family and the crew some space. I then proceeded to pack up all my camera gear. I put it in my bag and waited on the cliffs, thinking about what just happened, and I decided to smoke a cigarette, still in a bit of shock. Where I was sitting wasn't that far away from the town below, but it was still quiet at this time of day. And the only person that would come by would be an occasional dog walker, but that was about it. I must have been there around 30 minutes, give or take. Honestly, I was so zoned out, I don't really know exactly. I was thinking about what had just happened, so I can't be sure. When I finally came around, I looked along the cliffs, and that's when I saw it. A woman who couldn't have been more than 30 centimeters tall, completely naked, with skin so white she could have been in a Disney movie. She was casually walking towards me, 
no more than five feet away, when she finally noticed me sitting there. Now, she looked just as confused to see me as I was to see her, and we stared at each other for maybe a minute. She turned to the sea and gave me a sympathetic look and turned away. As she did, a person walking their dog walked past past us, which grabbed my attention, and when I looked back for the whatever it was, she was gone. I grabbed my stuff, and I headed back to town. I handed back my, in my radio, and I went to my boyfriend's house, where I told him about what had just happened. He just laughed and asked what was in that cigarette I smoked. We are married now, and he still doesn't believe me. Whenever I'm in Cornwall, now I make sure I visit the same place, just in hopes that I will see her again. I'm not the biggest fan of telling this story, but I've been sitting on it for a while now, so I decided to share it with you. I love the show, and I wish you all well. The Femboy Photographer. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that story. That's um, awesome. Again, 30 centimeters. Is 11 it? inches? 11 and a half inches in American? Uh, well, I don't even think that. I think 30 centimeters is like a mini, right? How many millimeters are those? Oh, that's millimeters. That's millimeters. Yeah, that's a 28 or 32. Yeah, so you're right. 30 centimeters ought to be just shy of, of 12 inches. Yeah, in so standard. still a little like- Can fairy. you imagine? I can't. And But that's the size I want to see. And how many times does this happen while smoking a cigarette? Yeah. It's like a lot of stuff is seen while smoking a cigarette. I almost want to take up smoking cigarettes <laughs> right. just so I can have a cool sighting. Just so I can stand outside and look up. I don't know, man. man. that is crazy. Dad, thanks so much for sharing that. It's one of those things I really would love to see, some, well, anything, because I don't get to see anything cool. But, like, I would really love to see something cool like that. Yeah, very cool. I would go back out there like we talked about next time you're there and take, like, a little thimble and put your little liquor in it. Or put you, Leave you a little something for them like they discuss, right? Yeah, a little offering. What you do is you go buy a Barbie doll, like swimsuit Barbie, and then you take the bikini off the Barbie and you leave it out there for the for the little girl. Or like a jacket. Yeah. anything. Take little clothes out there and leave them. Yeah. Yeah. That way, because they, maybe they need little jackets or. Who wouldn't want a new Take jacket? the little Barbie. Don't they have a Barbie Jeep? Take the Barbie Jeep. They have the Corvette. There. I've seen the Barbie yeah, Corvette. They a Jeep that will high center. You need the off-road. In. You need like <laughs> overlanding Barbie Fay equipment is what you need for those folks. I'll tell you what you don't need. You don't need men in black is what you don't need. Now, I'm going to tell you this before we jump into the break. To get into the meat of this madness. So I've been looking at some crazy possible men in black, women in black, different crazy things here. And I found this because, of course, where did I have to go? I started looking over there and, and all of our digging around with Albert stuff and all this. And I found this on Lawn site. And I get a load of this, folks. It says this event took place approximately 19 years ago, around 1998. That's what it says. Says a friend and I were on our way back to my place at about two to two thirty a.m. one night, coming home from Exton, Pennsylvania. We stopped at the Turkey Hill on Route three twenty three east of the town of Honeybrook to grab something to drink. I pulled into a parking space on the left side of the store in front of the window, and as I got out of the car, my friend remained inside. Passing the window, I noticed a man leaning down on the window, still inside. He was wearing a wide-brimmed black hat and had his head down so I couldn't see his face. Just the hat. While entering the store, I noticed the male clerk behind the counter with his back to me. I retrieved the drinks and went in to proceed to the counter, and as I did, I observed the man leaning down in the windowsill, head still down, wearing all black, and a black trench coat. 
Well, paying for my items, I noticed the clerk acted as if the man wasn't even there, but slightly spooked at the same time. Well, being very short with words and very precise with his actions. Leaving the store, I intended to relay this to my friend waiting in the car. And as I got back in, she was looking at the man leaning down in the windowsill and asked if I see this guy. I said, yeah. And I told her a little about being inside the store. And as I put the car in reverse to leave, well, at this point, the man began to raise his head. He faced directly out at us, but oddly, As my friend yells, he has no face. It was like it was blurred out like they do on television. Well, needless to say, we were both freaked out a little, and I tore off out of the parking lot and headed east towards my home, which was only a quarter mile or so from the store. My friend and I were silent at this point, and as I pulled into the entrance of the mobile home park, I stopped the car there and told my friend that we were going to go back as I suspected the clerk may be getting robbed by the man in the window. So we headed out of the entrance and west back to the store. I decided to make a right on a back road across from the store by a local store deli, and I told my friend to look over inside the store to see what she could. The man was no longer crouching in the windowsill, but could be seen inside, I'm sorry, but couldn't be seen inside anywhere earlier or either. So I proceeded a short distance down this road to turn around when we witnessed a female wearing all black walking towards us in the middle of the opposite lane. After passing her, I immediately turned around to head back towards the store and asked the female if she needed help. Reaching the stop sign at the intersection, we noticed she was gone. We then turned our attention back to the store across the street and decided to go right, headed west on 322, slowly past the store when we noticed the man was now outside, crouching by the payphone, head down to the right of the store, and a blacked-out Lincoln Continental or town car parked to his left that we hadn't noticed before. The clerk was inside, standing behind the counter at this point, staring straight out the windows and perfectly still. I turned around a short distance down the next mobile home park with a small diner in front and proceeded east again. This time, we pulled back into the parking lot. The man, the car, and the clerk still in the same position as previous. The man began raising his head again, and again, I tore off out of the parking lot going east on 322 toward my home. About 300 feet from leaving the lot, I had to swerve to miss... Another man, wearing all black, walking towards us in the center of our lane, going west towards the store. Both mine and my friend's hearts were pounding at this point. I had to turn around and go back, wondering what was going on. So as we returned back to the store and pulled into the lot, we noticed that the walking man was gone, the crouching man with no face was gone, and the car was gone. And the male clerk from inside was now a female clerk moving around doing work inside the store. At no time did we witness any other patrons to the store, nor anyone else inside the store, nor any other vehicles in the lot during any of this. After finally returning home and taking and talking for a bit, my friend calmed down enough to drive herself home. Passing the store after leaving, the same female clerk was still the only person there. My friend's car subsequently broke down on her a short distance away. The transmission blew. She did make it home safe that night, though.
I frequented that same store and days later saw the same male clerk working there where I noticed his demeanor to be totally different than that night. Neither of us at the time thought we had witnessed men in black activity. It wasn't until years later, while researching some MIB stories and encounters, that it hit me. We have both seen unidentified craft periodically throughout our lives, and she and her mother have witnessed a being that didn't seem of this earth. We still keep in contact to this day. Because of a landed, unidentified craft my mother witnessed in the late 70s when I was eight or nine, I've researched events involving UFOs throughout my life, and I attempt to investigate the sightings now. M. Wow. So. First of all, it sounds like M is an abductee, right? That's exactly what it sounds like. Then they, um, whoever they are has been... <laughs> Uh, messing with her and her mother since she was a small child. This might be uh, multi-generational, right? How do we explain what happened, though, with them seeing like a woman? It could easily be shift change, right? Well, that's what's so interesting with the men in black phenomenon, is it? and it also is women. It's just called men in black, but there are women in black. Mm-hmm. Nick Redfern wrote a book about it. But what I find interesting is like they're not, they're not human. They don't appear to be human. They're like almost like human. I mean, they look human, but they're like imposters. Like they don't seem to know what jello is they don't seem to know but it's almost like they stand out more on purpose and then how do they always know when someone has a sighting yeah how do they know i don't it's it's a very strange well and it's like it's like say for instance extraterrestrials and and they're flying these ufos they can perceive or they're like because they use you know telekinesis and stuff they know if somebody sees them and then they almost send out these men in black because they didn't want to frighten you. They send them them out to comfort you or something. But it does a bad job of it. Does it does a bad job of it because lots of times they'll say, "Don't tell anybody what you saw." Yeah, it's a very strange the phenomenon. The men in black phenomena is very, very interesting. Very, very strange because it doesn't it doesn't even follow the the rules that we have made in our minds about UFOs and you have you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's. It's just like what Kutch had talked about, and, and is it like it all seems to be part of maybe one thing that we still can't put our finger on. Some of them seem like government officials, you know, like mm-hmm. like yeah. generals or yeah. something. Sometimes they just look like Jake and Elwood, you know, the Blues yep. Brothers, how they just show up, and then sometimes <laughs> they're just, true. just, you know, odd-looking characters. Very I don't know. True. Well, what you need when you see a UFO is you need physical evidence, right? Like, that's the way right. you need to get it figured out. And that's what I'm going to talk about after the break, folks. When we get back, I'm going to be talking about some strange alien artifacts. You're listening to Expanded Perspectives. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brad, we're going to dive into these crazy alien artifacts. There's one in particular I want to talk about, but this first one I wanted to lean off with is you've actually held. I've actually held. We actually got to see it at the UFO conference in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. It's the Bob White object, right? Yep, I've seen it. So here we go, folks. For those that that don't know about the Bob White artifact, I'm going to give you a little background on the whole thing. It looks like it looks like grindings, right? Like it looks like the way it's piled up, like if you would cut the top off or the end off of a stalactite, but it, the way it's layered of mm-hmm. layered metal, it's a very unique looking thing. I'm going to give you the history of it. First of all, the history of it started in 1985, folks. In 1985, there was a fella named Bob, Mr. Bob White, uh, probably named after the quail. Anyway, so what was going down was he and a friend were driving from Denver to Las Vegas, okay? Now, at the time, of course, they're going down through there. Bob was sleeping, had let his buddy do the driving. Sounds good to me. Everything's going by out there hanging out. They were in between Grand Grand Junction, Colorado, and the Utah border when this went down. Now, what's funny, they talk about it, is this was literally out in the middle of nowhere. Now, you can imagine what it had been like in 85, right? 85, it was probably very, very rural in these areas down through here. But it's also beautiful. So they're talking about you can see everything, all this stuff. It's vast nothingness out in this area, but also beautiful in the sky. So the story goes that around 2.30 in the morning, Bob gets woken up by his buddy. Now, of course, Bob's like, what's going on? You know, maybe is it, you know, I didn't think it was my turn to drive. Like, well, what's happening and all this stuff. So he starts looking around and he can feel the car moving, but it's not like it's driving. It's like it's just rolling. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's like, hey, what's up? Looks over to his buddy. His buddy's a little freaked out. So his friend is pointing and he's pointing off in the distance to the horizon. So he looks up and he sees this weird looking light. Bob does. Bob said, man, it didn't look like an airplane, right? Right. As it's coming towards them, it's growing in size and brightness until he said that, look, it turned the the desert around us into daytime. That's how bright this was. 
He said it was about the size of what he thought at the distance of like when you saw a full moon, like what he calls a harvest moon, right, is what he sees. So it looks like a giant full moon, and it's just getting brighter and brighter. He said they got a couple hundred yards from it. Everything's lit up. The fella turns off the ignition. They want to coast up to it when he sees it. Right? So this is what he's singing. And he goes, dude, this thing's as big as a barn. Like, it's huge. This whole thing is huge. So they get out to take a better look. Okay? Mm -hmm. So for some unknown reason, they don't really for sure, the, the person riding, the friend, pops on the headlights. Headlights hit it, everything. They can't tell. They can see that it maybe looks like a ship. They're not sure. It takes off. They can't really pay attention. There's bright colored lights. Said after this, all of these things are going on. Then there's a tinge of like a blue fall from it. Yeah, I heard it described as something dripping. Yes, yes. So it drops off of this thing. It says, then this object takes off into the air and it's joined by some sort of what Bob's, or some sort of what he said was like a mothership up there. All right. Then they both take off. Now it's in total darkness. So they're standing there. They're freaked out of what they're doing. So they're like, what was that that dropped off of it? Yeah. So they start walking that way. So Bob takes off kicking around through there trying to find what he thinks is something that may have possibly be left behind. And he finds this object. Said it's about 18 inches deep in a hole. It's like nine inches where it's dropped off in there. And in this groove that this thing has fallen down in out there, it's still glowing. Said he can make it out. It's about seven and a half, eight inches long is what he's looking at. Teardrop shape. Okay. So hot they can't touch it. So they have to sit there and just wait till it cools down. So the friends at the car are not doing nothing, hanging out, freaked out. Bob's over there chilling till he can get it cooled enough where he can grab it. He picks it up and he brings it, sticks it in the trunk. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's what they take off with it. Doesn't know what to do with it. He, he, the story goes with Bob and like we had talked to Larry about it, but, that Bob had never believed in UFOs, never believed in any of this stuff until this happened. Like total skeptic can't happen. This whole deal. Bob brings it back, starts getting it. He keeps it in a safety deposit box. He starts carrying this thing around. He's trying to get it tested. He's trying to, he's going to these conferences. He's doing all this stuff. He even opened the museum of the unexplained, which is still open. Now you can go on Facebook and look this stuff up and see this whole thing trying to figure out what it was. So finally, in like 96, I believe it was, they sample this object. They take it and they get it tested at the New Mexico Institute of Mining and Technology. And you remember Larry had all the paperwork out. I yep. mean, everything on there. Now, what one thing was said, is, and, and here's the thing that we got. We were told different stories. We've read different stories, the whole thing. You will read some of these stories say, oh, this is what it was. The others say it's nothing more than grindings. It's nothing more than this. What the mining and technology found out was they didn't really come to anything firm. And the reason they didn't is they said, look, we don't have the money and nobody's got the money to just throw at the testing of this. So it's going to take thousands and thousands and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, to run tests on this thing that they need to run, right? Yeah. At least at this place is what they were saying. They didn't find any evidence that it was extraterrestrial at all. But like they said, look, we didn't dig into it as deep. As, as we could have. We just ran standard testings. I know that there's been other tests run, so and I know they're looking to run more tests, because when Kyle and I had talked to Larry and held it in this whole thing, he had a bunch of tests done, saying that the way this metal was put together, the way whatever percentages it was, what it wasn't done here. There's a lot of weird stuff about the whole thing. It, it doesn't look 
like you would think it to look like you know oh it's got to be alien it does look like slag it looks like something along those lines but having never seen or found it myself right like i don't right. i don't I'm, know i have no idea if it would be what it is i'm just telling you you know what me and Kyle had found out about it there's also something else as we're getting into this metal and we're start talking about this I don't know if you knew this, Kyle, but there was they in this is uh, where was this place at? It's there. It's between the borders of China and North Korea. There was a person named Dimitri and Dimitri had found was going out and getting coal. Right. This is more of those anomalous things. Goes out, gets coal in this. He notices what looks like a rod pressed into the coal. So he calls his biologist buddy. His biologist buddy comes up, takes a chip, takes it, checks it all out, says, hey, look, this is really, really weird. It looks like a metal rail that was artificially created, stuck in some coal. Right. And they said it's like the parts that are used, what they said, in electronic devices. They couldn't believe it. <clears throat> so the Russian papers do a few. Now, this is a while back, right? So the Russian papers do some some checks on this whole thing. They get in there. They said, look, the coal deposits that this coal came from and this mine came from says it dates this metal back to 300 million years ago. So like this piece of metal and this coal, ha- coal has to be that old, right? So the biologists break it open, break open the coal. They bring it out where this is metal is pressed into it, where they can see it in there. They get it all out of there. Here's the craziest thing. It looks like part of a gear. It has been refined to where it looks like it's been built. Like I said, like a gear, kind of like the hammer. This, mm-hmm. But you can tell this is part of a gear. Now, this is what the the voice of Russia has this to say. It says, when geologists broke the piece of coal in which the metal object was pressed into and spot treated it with special chemical agents, it turned out the metal detail was unusually light and soft. It was found to be composed of 98% aluminum and 2% magnesium, which led to the implication that the metallic object was created artificially. Because what I've learned in all of this stuff and what most of them you'll learn is like there, there's it does aluminum doesn't come solid. You have to get it out of things. Right. So you That's have to correct. get it out of the soil. You have to get it out of rocks. You get it out of certain things. So in order for it to be 98 percent aluminum solid, something made that. Now, they're not saying exactly when. But look. That's not the only place. We've also talked about that. I believe it's called the Ayud object yeah, in the, Romania. The, uh, the aluminum Ayud. Yeah, from the 1973. Aluminum wedge of Ayud. There you go. Although the name that that, that Russian tooth was pretty cool, the Chernogorodsky Mines. See? That's yeah. a cool name, Chernogorodsky. And over there, it's not. Over there, it's just like probably saying, oh, it's like Balsh and Loam or something, right? Like they don't, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's just the normal deal to hold this whole thing. From the Caucasus region. From Caucasus. Uh, so, okay, with the wedge, all that stuff that they're talking about, mm-hmm. there were, of course, it's found, th- they found three objects at the time when they un- unearthed that stuff, over 30 foot underground when they found the first two. And around this area, they said that they were some mammal bones, all right, that they dug up when they were bringing those wedges out that were, they, they said, well, and of course, this doesn't narrow it down great, but listen to this, between 10,000 and 80,000 years old. That's something that they had thought. So, again, we've got very finely made, well, I guess you could say it looks almost like a lightweight axe head, right? Uh, the way that wedge would look. So, yes. But it's very finely made. When I say finely made, I'm talking about it has 12 metals in it and it's 90% aluminum. So, again, with the aluminum, and again, it has to be basically built, right? This was a quote coming from uh, Azo Materials. 
on the subject that said aluminum-bearing compounds had been used by man from the earliest times. Pottery was made from clays rich in hydrated silicate of aluminum. Ancient Middle Eastern civilizations used aluminum salts for the preparation of dyes and medicine. They are used to this day in indigestion tablets and toothpaste. And at one point in history, aluminum was such a valuable commodity that rulers of the wealthy preferred impressing their gifts with plates and cutlery made from aluminum rather than gold. So this may have been something that if we are along the lines of ancient civilizations, this is something that could have been around truly hundreds of thousands of years. Now, of course, it's long history, like we've talked about on here, but that metal aluminum was not discovered until the 1800s because of it never occurs naturally in its metallic form. So you have to find it, like I said, in soil, clay, things like that in order to bring it out. I tell you all these things to bring you around to this. This is the Betts sphere. Now, this is one of those things that I... (laughs) I don't know how to feel about it. I felt I've always felt one way. You feel just like we talked about with that dripping of of Mr. White's, right? Yes. Any of these little aluminum pieces that you find or, you know, you don't know how to feel about it. But this story is a great story. The story starts in March of 1974 on the 27th. So the Betts family was out kicking around. They had had a brush fire on their property near near Fort George Island there in Florida. So they're out there checking out of all this stuff by what the damage it could have been done. It's real dry along the coastal marshlands there of northeastern Florida. And it's pretty. If you go up through that part, it's very pretty down through there. So they're walking around checking this stuff out. And what do they find? Yeah. Uh, Antone and Jerry and their 21-year-old son, Terry, found this globe out there after this fire. And I don't know it. They don't ever, and it never really alludes to the fire caused this, right? Right. It's just the fire had burned off and there it was. Now, there are also tales that they had seen UFOs and UFOs have been witnessed all along there. And we know that up and down the coasts of Florida and all around through, they see UFOs all around the ocean and all that. So there easily could have been in there. This is what we know. We know that they were all three out there. The family was inspecting what fire had done. And they find this globe the size of a bowling ball sitting there in the grass. It's silver. It's a perfect sphere, eight inches in diameter, completely smooth, except for something that's odd. There was a symbol in it that was an elongated triangle that Mm. was on it. They said that it was basically just plain. There was nothing fancy about it, nothing wild about it, and it was very heavy. It was quite heavy for them to gather it up. So... Who knows? You know, of course, we've also got to think it's probably been it's burned. It's like an alien bomb. Yeah. Like, leave it alone. It could be. Exactly. It could be. So they're checking it all out, and they're like, well, hmm, what do you think? Could it be an old cannonball? Could it be something? like?" Because we're also thinking it's not perfect and shiny and beautiful. It's been weathered. It's been laid out there. It's probably got dirt and grime and smoke and whatever else is on it that they found it. So they're like, maybe it's a cannonball. They have no idea, right? There's a long history of all that stuff down through Florida with the Spanish and all this. So they're like, well, what are we going to do with this thing? So they take it back home, right? And they're like, hmm, they're checking it all out. They put it in there. And they're like, so they get it home. They put it in like a footlocker, like an old <laughs> chest, like your, your parents would have, right? They just stick it in there and they leave it. What's funny is when they were first talking about it, 
they said that maybe it was something that NASA had lost in there. Maybe it was something that had come off a satellite. Now, y'all have to imagine, this is 1974. So the depth of knowledge that the common person would have about all of these things or basically anything, or at least the ability to tap in to the Internet knowledge, no, it didn't exist. Not only did it not exist, it was far removed from most people's lives, right? Like right. nobody, like you can now, jump on, you find something odd, you can instantly start posting pictures, asking questions. Like you can go crazy in these places. 74, that didn't happen. No. Right? Like nobody, they were just like, what do we do with it? I don't know. We found something cool. Let's go. We'll just take it home. So that's exactly what they did. Carried it home. Then they allude to the fact that that's when things started getting wacky. And what I mean by wacky is they said that they could, they would get it out. They would just set it on the coffee table, get out, mess around with it or whatnot. But that the, the son, Terry, would play guitar, loved playing guitar. So they said that as he would play guitar, if that ball was out, that not only would it resonate in certain, I don't know if it was like sound, I don't know if it was vibration, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but they said it would resonate and then it would begin to move on its own without touching it. Really? And it would respond to vibration, to sound. So you think about that there, we're, we're talking about, we've always talked about the vibrations of like building the pyramids or doing something like that for, for moving things and all of this. So, who knows? Maybe this ball is tuned in. That's what first started happening. So then they were like, hold up. This thing would move around. They said that it would not only move around, but they would pick it up and they would set it on a table, right? Right. Terry would play music and it would navigate its way around the table, but never fall off. Just with sound. Just with sound. Just it would react to what he was doing and it would, like it was intelligent, make its way around Roomba style. Without falling off a cliff, of course, with this crazy well, metal you know, sphere. What, what it brings to mind to me is now that you're you're mentioning this resonance that moves this thing mm -hmm. and the fact that it's in Florida, it reminds me the of Coral the Coral Castle, Castle and Ed Leedsgallon. Yep. Remember? Because yeah. that was what yeah. they, he claimed. This was that Latvian guy who did his work at night and, and would erect huge things. And he said... He knew the uh, the secrets of the Egyptians, and they would use sound to move these stone blocks. Yep, ley lines and I wonder and how far the Coral Castle is from where they found this mysterious ball. I don't know. We're going to have to check into that. Like that would maybe be cool. Ed found the same ball, and that led him to the discovery of how he was moving that stuff around. Or maybe that was one of his balls. Right? Maybe, right? maybe it was. Maybe it was. So it doesn't stop there with the weirdness, man. So while they're messing around doing all that stuff— they said that doors would open and close around there, shelves, drawers, all that stuff would move around, moving this stuff around through this whole deal while that ball would move around there with it. They said it was also affected by solar radiation, that it would move more intensely if it was like a bright summer day, that it would really move around on this whole thing. So Terry gets crazy. Of course, he's the kid, right? So he's like, ah, I got to know more about this. So he takes this thing into his room, gets it set up on the table. And gets him a hammer and smacks it with a hammer. Oh, no. Not only did he say that thing starts ringing, like it rings loudly, but it rolls all the way. Or, you know, of course, it starts rolling around his room. So he would pick it up, shake the thing, set it down, 
and it would roll around. And he said, not only would it ring, but it would make a ringing noise if you shook it like something is inside it. So they still don't know. Now, this whole time, they're just messing with this thing at home. You got to be thinking about it. Again, 1974, folks. Mm -hmm. You're like, what have we gotten into? Now we have to contact the officials, right? Now we got to tell everybody we may have something here. So they start talking to newspapers, thinking that somebody might tell them what this thing is. Well, the Jacksonville Journal took it pretty serious, and they sent a photographer named Lou Egner out there. And Mrs. Betts told him, hey, set this thing down, put it on here. So it just, and this is what Lou said, it just rolled away and then it stopped. And he was like, okay, that doesn't show me anything. And Miss Betts was like, hold on a second. Lou says, then again, it turns by itself and rolls to about four foot towards me, stops, turns again, rolls to the left about eight feet, makes a huge arc and then comes right back to his feet. So he's watching it move and change directions, not like it's rolling in a level house, not like it's been pushed in a certain direction. It's going zigzag motions like it's remote control, right? Right. Well, it got crazy. To say a media frenzy would be putting it softly, right? Like it went wacky. People started going crazy. They wanted to know more about it. They wanted to know what was going on. Of course, who don't? We want to know about it now, right? I mean, we're, this, we're dying to know now of what's going on. So they get in touch with some people and different people come in. And, and this one person was a, a fellow named Mr. Carl Wilson, and he owned a holistic institute in Baton Rouge, and it was called Omega One. So he went down there. He goes in there to check this whole thing out. He's in the home, and he claims that, the, that he spent the whole afternoon with this ball. I don't know what he could do with his holistic institute, but whatever he did, he claims that not only – did this thing have a very powerful magnetic field, but that he felt that it was transmitting a radio signal. So, of course, that freaks him out, right? You're like, holy crap, who's this thing talking to? So Miss Betts is like, you know what we got to do? We're going to have to contact people. So they get a hold of, you know, the Mr. and Mrs. Betts, Terry, all of them. They start calling the military. They call a Navy base. And they're like, hey, look, this is what we have. They're right there in Florida. Hey, we'll meet you up with it. What's going to happen? We need to know what's going on, but we want to make sure it's not y'all's. Like, this doesn't belong to the U.S. Navy, does it? So the U.S. Navy comes and gets it. And so they're like, okay, we'll check it out. They go to looking at it. And they're like, nope, it's not ours. We'll take a look. So they x-ray it. They do some metallurgical tests to it. What they find out is that it's high-grade common stainless steel. Okay? Okay. The shell, it's hollow. There's a shell. The shell around it's about a half-inch thick. 13 millimeters, y'all. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it weighs, and like I told you, it's about eight inches around in diameter. And it weighs almost 22 pounds. So that's a pretty heavy, dense piece of metal. Right, right. right. So they say, hey, look, this doesn't seem to be anything crazy. For the Given the size and the thickness that we've done, we can do some math, and it's the right weight for stainless steel. This, this all seems to be on the up and up. There's no seam on this. They can't find on the ball. It's seamless and it's scuffed, but that's about it. The only thing on it that they point out is this tiny triangle. They're like, we don't know what this this little tiny triangle thing's about. It's like three millimeters long. That's it. Could it be like a maker's mark, like it where the be. thing was built? It could be. So because of all the newspaper reports, it lands on the desk of Dr. J. Allen Hynek. Hmm. 
So Heineck reaches out. He contacts the family and says, hey, can I take a look at this thing? But I'm up here in, in Chirac, right? I'm up here in Chicago. What am I, you know, what are we going to do? They're down here in Florida. Nobody would ship it, right? So Dr. Heineck just so happened was going to be in New Orleans. So when he's in New Orleans a week later and all that stuff, so apparently they come down and they bring it down there. So they want to come and show it. Here's what's funny. Back in this time, the National Enquirer had a $50,000 prize for proof of aliens. Really? Yeah. So that's what they, so Heineck and a bunch of others were down there on this Enquirer's panel. So they bring them, hey, bring the ball with you. We want to check it out. So they go down there. They bring all the stuff, right, with them. They determine that, hey, look, this sphere has not been manufactured and it's not been tampered with. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is it. So the military, after they do all this, says, hey, look, can we get it back? We would like to take this thing back and, and you know, go over it some, some more. The Betzes were like, no, no, we're done with it. We're, we're finished. We're just putting it back up. That's it. Well, the military didn't take no for an answer, and they seized it. They took it and said, hey, look, we got to test this. So they took it to Jacksonville Naval, Naval Air Station again. They're going to shoot some more pictures of it. They do all this stuff. And like I said, they go through there with Dr. Wilson. They go through and check all this stuff out. And they said there's some elements inside the sphere that are, in their quotes, heavier than anything known in the scientific community. It's very strange as they talk about it. And they give all the stuff. They did find out that it could withstand 120,000 pounds of pressure per square inch. But do they know if it was man-made? So after the story comes out, okay? Uh-huh. After the story comes out, there's a Coca-Cola driver, like a delivery guy, right? And he sees these spheres outside of this hotel that's managed by an artist. And this artist is named James Derling Jones. And he was living at the time in Taos, New Mexico. So this fella calls to Jones's attention to the newspaper, talks the story about this, this, the Betzes, all of this stuff. Reporters start calling him to ask him about this ball. Because he had seen, or turns out, he had a bunch of these balls that he had used in these sculptures at a pendulum. So the story, he says, is he had made a run a few years back in his bus. He had one of those Volkswagen buses, and he was getting scrap metal for his sculptures. And that a friend had given him a number of balls from a large industrial ball valve company in two sizes, 8-inch weighing about 22 pounds and 10-inch weighing about 70 pounds. Having no room left inside this Volkswagen, he straps them on the luggage rack, these big metal balls. Story goes that he was in the Jacksonville area around 1971, and he lost some. Driving through that area, they come unharnessed in some way and fell off the road. And what they figure is maybe it landed in this field, and then three years later, the Betzes stumbled upon it that way. Yeah. It's just a giant ball bearing. Well, there's, yeah, and there's more to it. There are more and more of these reports that seem to be, it's a ball valve ball. So there were some technicians at the St. Regis Company paper mill identified that ball as a ball valve from some large pipes in their factory that had been scrapped 15 years before. And they believed that the scrap dealer ended up with the scrap, might have been the one, not the whole deal, might have been the one to hook this dude up with these balls from this scrapped company, seeing that he had come down there to get them while in Jacksonville. There's a whole bunch to it. So listen to this. Robert, but then why would, it, if it was something so ordinary, why would it 
uh, operate and act strangely. You know what I'm saying? Well, I know exactly what you're saying, and this is what I'm going to hit you with, because this is what it came at. This is, I'm not saying this happened, but we do know a lot of shenanigans went back then. How do we know that that's the original ball that the military ended up finally giving back? Yeah, they could have swapped it. Or Dr. Hynek could have easily swapped it at the time when they were there. That's true as well. People could have seen it the first time. The military tested it one time, got the specs, got what they wanted, learned about the whole thing, made a replica of it just by using a cheap-ass ball bearing or ball valve, and then gave it to them. Right, This big ball turned it back in. It looks exactly like it. They don't know. It does this whole thing. And now when it's tested, it's a hoax. Now, when it's tested, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. Right. But the original is now in the possession of where, like, the Ark of the Covenant's kept, all of these things, right? Now, I don't know that, but that's what a lot of people have said is, hey, look, it sure is odd that we get all of these stories. Now, it could have easily been the fact that it was BS, right? Right, that they had made up that the thing would operate in their house when no one's around. Yeah, exactly. And was doing strange things. Whenever I played my guitar. Exactly. Move, like, that may not be true. It may not have been true. It could have been a ball valve or just a ball rather than a But then it could start. be true. That's what I'm getting at is because here, it, and, and this is what Edwards, Robert Edwards was the president of a Jacksonville, Florida equipment supply company. And he had showed one of the reporters a new stainless steel ball manufactured by Bell and Howell in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And when they uncrated it and weighed and measured it, they found that it was eight inches across, 21 pounds, the exact same as the bet sphere. Now, Edwards goes on to say, I'm not saying this thing didn't come from outer space because I've never seen it. All I'm saying is that the physical description of it matches exactly the type of ball we have in stock. And the Navy metallurgist identified the ball as being made of an alloy called stainless steel 431. So we know that it wasn't aluminum. This thing is stainless. But some of the earlier reports have it listed as being possibly made out of different things and hollow and what was in it and all this stuff, which would make it rattling around. Right, right. Then we fast forward now and it seems to be stainless steel and it seems to be nothing but a ball. So somewhere in there, we either got hit with the shell game or somebody lied about what it was made out of and, and forged a bunch of stuff. Somewhere in there, there's some shenanigans. I will tell you this. I can't find it anywhere. I don't know if the Does vets the, have it. I don't know if the military. You can't find. I, I don't know where it's at. Yeah, you'd think it would be on display. You'd think somebody would do something with it, but I don't know. From So from 1974, so it's disappeared. Now, they've tested it off and on. I don't know where it is. I have no idea. So, folks, I'm going to leave you with that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll discuss this a little bit more. I hope you enjoyed the craziness of these alien artifacts and this crazy, mysterious bet sphere. Folks, you're listening to Expanded Perspectives. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are back. Brad, what did you think? Man, that is a crazy story. I've never heard of that. I do like the the artifacts that are out of place. Like the, what's the Koso artifact? Remember that one where it's like oh, a spark yeah. plug they yep. found inside of a geode or yep. something? Uh, of course, there's the London Hammer, which is just down the road from us. We need to go check that out. I told you, I know the guy who knows the family that owns it. He said he could get us in there. No problem. Private private viewing of it. And we need to go do that. You need to shoot a little video footage of it, post that up. Because it's, it's right there in Glenrose. Yeah. Right there by the dinosaur thing. So it is very odd. But like I said, man. It is strange. I don't. That, you had pointed it out. If it, it? Okay. So before you even start, yeah. sorry to cut you off. But no, if it, it was just a simple ball bearing, don't you think that the government wouldn't be studying it so much? They would just look at him and go like, this is a ball bearing. Get out of here. But the fact that they kept it for weeks and months studying it and doing tests means it's not what it seems, right? That's certainly, the way I feel, yeah. Certainly, I give them enough credit to where they would be like, no, this is a ball bearing, get out of here. I would think, right? I would think that they would go, I don't know. And maybe that's the problem is we assume so much and we have faith in so much that's true. that maybe we shouldn't. I'm with you, though. That's kind of what I've always thought. It's like, if, if it's easily dismissed, then why wasn't it easily dismissed at the beginning? Why is it always so easily dismissed a couple of months, six months, eight months, a year? I'm not talking about testing time. I'm talking about after they get it back, then they want to see it again. Or when they give it back, maybe it doesn't do the things that it used to do because that's not it. Because knowing what we know now and the shenanigans that have been gone to the great extents to cover up alien visitation, alien spacecraft, anything that we don't know flying through our skies or abducting or whatever it's doing. It kind of leads me to believe that a lot of this stuff might have been real. Now, I'm not saying the bet sphere is real, but a lot of these things that maybe were out of place could be very real that were left by alien. I don't know. But that sphere just seems funny. But what's the odds of like it burning off there? You find it, you take it home and it does all this stuff. Or like you said, it may have just been BS. I don't know. It's just odd that it's not on display anywhere now. Right. And I've looked at some of the photographs and you had mentioned when they first found it, it was kind of uh, antiqued. It was old. It had patina on it, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you see some of the pictures later where it looks like it's been polished. If it so was like, stainless, I'm sure they cleaned it. Yes. Yeah, so somebody cleaned it up and stuff. And, and why isn't it on display? And it may not have been too terrible if it was stainless only out there like two or three years. And how come nobody can find it? Like, nobody knows where it is now. Well, that's what I'm saying, is all these other out-of-place artifacts and all these other strange things, there's places that you can look at them, you can find them. This one's just gone. If it was truly alien, do you think, like, a craft came down and took it back? I think the government has it, and I think they're still studying it. And here's why I say that. If you remember when you listened or watched the, the documentary about Bob Lazar, he talked about that sphere that they wanted to cut in half. Right. Right. 
what if that's what that is? The guy tried to cut it with a plasma cutter or something. Killed him. Killed him. Yeah. Killed him. Killed his ass. Yeah. So what if? What if? Because that's the first thing I thought of was that's the sphere. I don't remember the exact size, but I'm thinking it couldn't have been much different than that. Now, just take that. And that's what got left there. It fell out of it or they dumped it. Maybe maybe that's an energy core and that energy battery core was used up or maybe whatever it was. And so that that ship dumped it, switched to another one and took off. Yeah, and the, and the resonance that makes things move, that's a real thing. I mean, you can oh, go yeah. in there and see where they can balance ping pong balls and stuff with nothing but just a frequency. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like that's that's that could really Those are baby happen. steps that we're using. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I don't know. Like I said, I'm at a loss. These are the things that I get so caught up in is cuz I'm like I'm at a loss for it is it could be left aside because it's a joke. Right, Nobody knows right. it's a hoax, it's a bunch of crap, nobody cares, or is it out of sight, out of mind? I don't know. Um Check this out. This yeah. is a pretty interesting story that was sent to us by a listener. Um, I don't know if it's Faye. I don't know if it's something else. I want you to tell me what you think. Check okay. this out. It says about around 2009, our family started having some unusual occurrences in our Colorado home. At first, we thought our son was up to something because it was happening right outside of his bedroom. Now, his room is downstairs with a bathroom adjacent to it. We started to discover water splashed on the floor between the bathroom door and his bedroom door. We thought he might have spilled some water getting a drink right before bed or maybe in the middle of the night. I went to tuck him in one night, a few minutes after my wife had gone to do the same thing, and had already returned upstairs. Once again, there was water splashed on the floor, but I noticed it was trailing from the shower in the bathroom. The water was like footprints from someone who had gotten out of the shower and didn't dry off and then walked to my son's bedroom. The trail continued about halfway into the middle of the den. On We had hardwood floors, so it was easily visible. Now, after a few months of on-again, off-again puddles, the carpet in the entryway of my son's room was starting to get wet. Now, thinking there was a plumbing leak, so I pulled up the carpet and the pad but underneath it was bone dry. So was the concrete floor. So was the concrete floor underneath. Now, later that week, I picked up a poster from my son's floor to find that the carpet was wet underneath it. Again, I pulled the carpet back further to the spot to find the pad and concrete dry again. The poster that had been on top was also dry. The weirdness continued for the next year or so, and we never mentioned it to our kids. One Saturday, my son was at a friend's house. My daughter was in the front yard with my wife, and I was in the computer in the computer room, which is next to my son's room. I was going to go to the gym, and I walked into the den, up the stairs and out the front door to let my wife know I was going. I went back to the computer to finish up some emails I was sending and left to go to the gym. When I walked back into the den, only five minutes after I went out the first time, there were now drops of water from the middle of the den, up the stairs, and fading out towards the front door. It looked like someone had taken a wet towel, held it in front of themselves while walking, just letting the water drip on the floor. My wife and I have heard some someone walking up the stairs at night, and we would get up thinking our son needed something, only to find no one there. Another night I came home with my son after hockey practice. My wife and daughter were out. I heard the shower downstairs start, and I knew my son was going to get cleaned up after practice. 
I heard singing coming from the stairwell. That was next to the kitchen leading down to the den. Now, my son is always singing, so I leaned over the half wall to tell him not to waste too much running water while he was in the den, but there was no one there. I heard the singing plain as day. The hair on my arm is standing on end just thinking about it now. Since then, I've had the lights turn off on me while in the computer room twice. I actually heard the click of the switch behind me. A few years later, my daughter told me about the fairies that were in the backyard. I assumed she was just talking about the dolls she had, but she said, no, there was lots of fairies. I asked her what they looked like. She described the small winged ones like you see everywhere. I said, just like your toys? And she agreed, but she said not all of them looked like that. Some were as tall as her mother and I. I asked if they ever said anything. She said, no, not really. They just wanted to see what she was up to. Most of the time she saw them when she was eating her lunch in her treehouse. I asked if she ever saw them in the house. And she said, sometimes, but only downstairs. But not very much. Now, downstairs is where my son's room and the computer room are. I didn't tell her that they were make-believe or anything like that. I just told her never to accept any presents or food from them and definitely don't go anywhere with them. Wow, what a strange... That's he good did. advice. That's 100% good advice. But like the the water in the house, is that is that Faye doing that? Is that like a poltergeist? Man, is that it almost ghost feels like, activity? It almost feels poltergeist activity. Here's what I would do. I would look back into anything you might have brought into the home right before all this stuff started. Any kind of construction you might have done around the home, in the backyard, anything like that. Do a little history check around all that. But if she's seeing them in the backyard, I would go out one evening without the kids knowing, and I would make an offering. Right? Again, with the offers. Right, exactly. I mean, that's what we know, that if you go out there and offer them just like a, a little piece of candy or like they always talk about, a little thimble full of liquor, that, look, y'all might get on their good side. You may not have any more of these problems. That is true. This is just one of those things that I would check out. But I would for sure, before I went all fay, I would treat it as something that might be poltergeist if it were me, right? Like if I was having this weird stuff, I'd be like, what was the trigger? Where did this start? Is it like, did I bring something in here? Did we offend something? Like, right you know, let's say two weeks before all this started really popping off, start thinking back to what all had been done. Yeah, that's good advice. Just to find out. But look, I'm hoping it's Faye, but it's really pretty cool. The daughter can see all the Faye, know the Faye are out there. Like, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, and, and wise words to yes. tell her not to accept any food and drink from the Nothing. Faye. Nothing. Right. Very, very cool. Cam, what do you got planned for the rest of your week? Man, I don't know. I got the daughter delivered back to college. She's been down there all week. They've been doing a bunch of stuff, getting ready for their thing. I'm just still kind of out of sorts trying to find my way again because you know how it is once you get everything going. It's like this, like you talked about. Your boys are back in school. It's like everybody's got to find that rhythm again of what we're doing. So, yeah, it's still kind of tossing me off a little bit. But other than that, I'm good to go. I think I'm going to be playing some uh, Dungeons and Dragons later. Yeah, that sounds like like fun. Uh, yep, I'm just trying to get back into the swing of things, like you said, with school starting and everything, but that's about it. I don't have anything big big planned coming up. Uh, the rest of the year should be smooth sailing. I'm hoping, keeping my fingers crossed, about the only big thing I have going on is the live show. And bow season. 
And archery season. <laughs> Bow season starts, then the live show. That's right, folks. Uh, October 28th, 7 p.m. at Panther Island Brewing, folks. Come see me and this guy. You can come hang out. We're going to tell some stories. Uh, our buddy Lyle's going to be there. We're going to nope. have a bunch of people there, man, or we're going to try anyway. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have I've some. had a lot of people uh, message me about how do they get tickets. There is no tickets. It's free. You don't have to buy. It doesn't cost anything. You just it, show up. Not for us. You may have to pay, like, a uh, an entry fee to get in there so you can drink beer. Beer, to the brewery know, or whatever. To the brewery. I know that they do that sometimes, wristbands, and then sometimes I think they just leave it open. You just come in and drink, come and go. I know we're not charging for it. Right. So, and I still haven't heard back to ex- if what they've got planned, but I think it's just going to be. I'll get some more information for sure on that. But yeah, as far as Kyle and I, we're not charging for a thing. Come see us. Come hang out. If you've never been to Texas, this is a perfect excuse to come down. The weather's going to be good probably mm-hmm. around then. Come down, eat some great food. Drink some good cold beer. You'll be in Funky Town, and you'll hear some stories about some really interesting stuff that you can find in and around the DFW area. Yeah, you can go down to the legendary stockyards. You know, yeah. they always got cool stuff going on there. They got rodeos and bull riding and stuff yeah, yeah. all the time, right? Billy Bob's. You can go to Billy Bob's. They've took the columns out, which I can't imagine. You imagine the dance floor with no columns? It's going to be weird. So, yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, if you have any stories you'd like to share with me and Cam and the listeners, do not hesitate. You can email the show, expandedperspectives at yahoo.com, or you can call call the show 888-393-2783 let's thank our sponsors uh manscaped right now get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code expanded at manscaped.com also trade is offering new subscribers a total of 30 dollars off your first order plus f- f- free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash expanded and hellofresh go to hellofresh.com slash expanded 16 and use the code EXPANDED16 for 16 free meals across seven, uh, seven boxes and three free gifts. That's about all the time we have for this episode. Till next time, folks, I'm Kyle. He's Cam. Peace, y'all.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.